0: Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. I want to start this morning with something funny. These two cows were grazing out in the field and so one cow said to the other cow, Aren't you worried about the mad cow disease going around? So the other cow responds, no, why should I? I'm a rabbit. All right. We're starting a brand new series this morning, how to deal with stress and worry. And so Lord willing, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about that. How do we deal with stress and worry? What is the opposite of stress and worry? I think it's peace. If stress and worry is right over on this side, then peace is right over on the other side. And there's this classic scripture in the Bible that tells us how to deal with, with stress and worry. It, it tells us how to have peace. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul he gives us a, a recipe for peace. He gives us five ingredients. He says, if you'll do these things, you'll have peace. Now. Let's go to Scripture. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, If you do these things, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Another translation says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. So in other words, it's not going to make sense. He says that's the kind of peace that you can have. Now how do we know if we have that peace? Well you find yourself in a situation that's not good. Where everybody else is worrying and everybody else is stressed out and everybody else is freaking out and somehow you have this peace on the inside and it doesn't make sense and and you can't explain it but yet you have peace. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I believe that's the kind of peace that God wants you and me to have, especially in, at this time. God wants us to live with that kind of peace. So let's go back to our scripture. In Philippians 4 verse 7, if you do these things, he says, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than, than the human mind can understand. And then he goes on to say, his peace will keep your thoughts quiet. And your heart at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So notice he says "Yeah, if you do these things. If you'll do these five things, he says, God will do the rest. So what he's saying is, he says, he says if you do this, here's the promise. Yes, the guarantee God is going to do it you see it's a conditional promise now we all know there are conditional promises in the word and unconditional promise there are more than seven thousand promises in the word and some are unconditional so in other words God is going to do it regardless of what we do or don't do and an example of that is God says I'll never send a flood again like I did in Noah's time so that that's unconditional but then there are Conditional promises, many conditional promises, where God says, "If you con- confess your sins, faithful and just to forgive you; if you honor your father and mother; uh, if you call upon the name of the Lord," those are conditional promises. And this one in, in Philippians chapter four is a conditional promise. He says, "If you do these five things, he says, God will give you peace. You'll have a peace that that you just." don't understand it just doesn't make sense but that's what God is going to give you so what are these five things let's quickly have a look at them choose joy worry about nothing pray about everything and then thank God in all things and keep your mind on good things now that's too much for today, so what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the one thing. We're going to look at number one, and then Lord willing, in the weeks coming, we're going to just unpack the other ones, go through them, but let's have a look at choose joy, and if we go back to our our, our scripture, but I want us to back up. We looked at verse 7 just now, so let's back up a little bit to verse 4, and this is what verse 4 says. Philippians 4 verse 4 he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, it's an instruction or a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. He's giving us a command. I know it doesn't sound like a command. It's too happy. <laughs> he says, rejoice in the Lord. But a command normally, for, to us, a command normally sounds like, uh, thou shalt not commit murder. And thou shalt not uh, uh, take your neighbor's wife, and thou shalt not greet with a handshake. All right, those sound like commands. Uh, But this specific one is a command as well. He gives us a command, and it's unlike every other command, because he actually says, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I want you to always do it. And then he repeats himself. He says, and again I say, rejoice. I think it's also important that we see the context in which he gives this instruction. You see, Paul writes this from prison. He's not in a place of comfort or abundance or something like that, but he's in a very difficult place. So in other words, he's, he's, his circumstances are really bad. And, and yet he says to us, rejoice in the Lord always, and he repeats it. He says, he says again I say, rejoice, even though his circumstances are bad. So here's the key I want to share with you this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. Our joy is connected to something bigger than our circumstances. Our joy is connected to something bigger than our circumstances. Now, why does Paul give us this command? I think it's because God wants us to live. With, with joy and a, and a sense of peace and calm on the inside, because you see, God wants us to be salt and light. And, and God wants our lives to be beautiful to those around about us. When everybody else is stressing out and freaking out and worried and, and so on, they look at us, and there's something different. And there's a group of people, and they just they, they just they're different, and they're calm and, and they have peace. And they have joy. You see, too many Christians today are walking around stressed out and worried. And and it almost looks like they've drunk a liter of lemon juice. Do you think for one moment the unsaved are going to look at them and say, Man, I want what she has because she's so sour. And I really want what he has because he's so grumpy no not at all and so God wants us to be salt and light and God wants the world to look at what we have and to say wow they have something different the other day I was approaching an intersection and there was a car in front of me with two elderly people and she was driving and the old man was sitting on the on the side and they were going slowly and and, and, and I just knew I'm going to have to be patient. It's taking time. And as we approached the intersection, another car approached from the right-hand side. And so this car slowed down and slowed down some more. I would say about 95% he slowed. And then he went on. And, and it wasn't bad at all, really. It, it Nothing risky or anything you know, I looked at it, it was pretty normal. But this old couple just started freaking out. And you could see, you know, she's got her hands in the air, in front there. And, and, and I can just almost sense what she's saying. She's like, you know, George, did you see that? Did you see that? And he's like, Margaret, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. What is this world coming to? And they've got this full-on thing happening in front of me. And, and they just carry on. And it's like they completely forget their, their turn to go and another car comes and waits and checks and eventually goes and another car comes and they're they in their own world and they're just freaking out and I'm sitting here behind them and I'm like "Lena, just be patient just be. you see I was tempted I was tempted for a moment to hoot at them <laughs> but I knew better because you see they, they, they were mad and they would probably get out and come beat me up or something like that so I thought let, let me not do that and so I was just I was just patient listen listen one of the greatest tools God has given us in this world is joy. To live with joy in, in the midst of everything that happens right there, we can have joy. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so somehow when we've got the joy of the Lord, it doesn't matter what we're going through. Man, it gives us this inner strength, this inner calm, this, this inner peace. And everybody else is freaking out and carrying on. And we've just got this peace on the inside. And so I want to say it again. Our joy is connected to something bigger than our circumstances. It doesn't matter what's happening on, on, on the outside. Now, obviously, joy gives us that strength and it gives us that patience. But here's the second thing. Joy also gives us endurance. Where everybody else is quitting, we just keep going. Everybody else throwing in the towel in their marriage and they just had enough, we keep going. We keep sorting it out. Everybody else freaking out in traffic and we just keep going. There's this endurance. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, And it talks about Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He had endurance because of that. Now, notice it doesn't say he enjoyed the cross. He endured the cross. You see, there's some things in your life and in my life that we're going to have to endure, unfortunately. This whole virus thing we're going to have to endure. There there are times in marriage where you have to endure. There are times where your body isn't as healthy as it normally is. You have to endure. There are times where you love your children, but you don't like them. (laughs) You have to endure. And so the Bible says, Jesus endured. How did he do that? How was that possible? And And I want to share with you the key there. You see, he didn't find joy in the event. He found joy in the outcome of the event. You see, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It actually really doesn't matter what your event is at the moment. What really matters is the outcome of the event. Because you see, the event at the moment may not be good. And you may not be enjoying it. But the outcome is going to be good. How do we know that? Because God has promised that. He says, I cause all things, all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. And so the moment you and I realize the event may not be good, but the outcome is going to be good. (laughs) Oh, man. We go right through the event with peace and joy on the inside. Now let's get back to Philippians chapter 4. It says rejoice in the Lord. What he's saying is do not rejoice in your circumstances. Do not rejoice in your circumstances. Make sure the circumstance is not the source of your joy. God is the source of your joy. When you know the outcome is going to be good, that's the source of your joy. Don't focus on, on now. You know, one day Jesus sent his disciples out to go and minister to the people. And so he sends them out two by two. And sometime later they came back and they excited and they charged up and they sang to Jesus, man, this is great, this is great. You know, even even the demons are subject to your name. So in other words, they were driving out demons in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, that's good. He says, yes, because I've given you power over the evil one. I've, I've given you authority and power over the evil one. But then he cautions them. He says, he says, but do not rejoice that spirits are subject to you. He says, rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You know what he's saying? Don't rejoice in your circumstances or what's happening around you because, because it's good now, but it may not be good just now. You know, your circumstances are up now, but they may be down just now. He says, Don't let that be the source of your joy. He says, Let something bigger be the source of your joy. And that's where he says, Rejoice in the Lord. And so, you know what he's saying is, Not in your circumstances. Here's a second one not in your feelings. Don't rejoice in your circumstance. Don't let that be the source. Don't let your feelings, Ah, oh, but I don't feel good. You know, I don't. We live, in a, we live in a world, we live in a society where too much revolves around my feelings. You know, when I think back of my grandparents, you know, and I think back of, of that generation Man, somehow they didn't focus on their feelings. Somehow it wasn't all about me and how I feel. And you know, I don't I don't have feelings for him anymore. You know, so often you hear that where I just don't have feelings and I don't my job, you know, I don't enjoy. And and it's a very, very superficial way to live because we're basing everything on what we feel. And I, I think of my grandparents, they just they, that, that generation just lived differently. They didn't focus on, on their feelings. Somehow they focused on Jesus. And I remember them just loving Jesus and, and loving the word and loving coming to church Yeah, when they were still alive. Just, just loving this. And you know what happened? The joy followed. The joy followed. You see, somehow when we put our focus on, On the Lord, joy follows. Our our joy is not connected to our circumstances and it's not connected to our feelings. Our joy is connected to something bigger than our feelings. You know, once when uh, Jesus was busy preparing, he knew he was going to be crucified, but he knew this thing would rock the boat for the disciples. And so he had to prepare them. He had to give them a a heads up, as it were. And so Jesus meets with his disciples, and you can read it in John 14, and and he starts sharing with them, and he he gives them a heads up, and he says to them, I'm going to be leaving you. He says, and and, and I'm going to be going to to heaven, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. But he says, don't worry, because, because I'm going to come back. And then in chapter 15, he says this, he says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. And so what he's saying to them is, he's saying, you have joy now, because, because I'm with you, and everything is good, and cool, and lacquer, but a time is going to come. He says to them, a time is going to come where everything is not going to be good and cool and liquor. He says, and, and when that time comes, he says, I, I want my joy to remain in you. And it's almost like Jesus is saying to us today. He says, he says I, I want my joy to, to remain. I, I don't want you to have joy in just that first week when you get saved and, and you're so excited for the Lord and everything And then after that, it starts waning. And I don't want you to have joy in the first week of your marriage because it's so great and it's so exciting. And then it starts waning. And I don't want you to have joy the first week of your new job and it's so exciting and it's so great. And thank you, Jesus, for this job and everything. And then it starts waning. He says, I want you to have joy in the second week, the second month. And in the second year, as a matter of fact, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to have joy every single day. I want you to have joy right throughout your life. I I want my joy to remain, to remain, to remain. Now, when Jesus says, I want my joy to remain, it means it can go. It means you and I can, can lose our joy. And, and I want to say to you this morning, Satan is after your joy. And he'll do whatever he can to get your joy. And so he'll, he'll, send, he'll send mean people into your life. He'll you say, they're ready in my life. He'll send mean circumstances. Yeah, I think I've got some of those as well. He'll send mean viruses. He'll do whatever he can. And Jesus says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He can send whatever he wants to. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Is that why the Holy Spirit? What is, what's the big deal with the Holy Spirit? Oh, you don't know? The Holy Spirit is the source of our joy. He's the one that produces joy in our lives. So when you have the Holy Spirit, you've already got a measure of joy because it's been deposited in your life. Let me read to you Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit produces, He produces, or you could say He deposits this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and it lists the, the fruit of the Spirit. That's what He does, He, he deposits that into our lives. Listen to what it says here in in Luke chapter 10. and It says, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produced joy in Jesus. The Holy Spirit still produces joy in you and me today. He's the source of our joy. Now, if the Holy Spirit produces joy, Or or let me rather say this, the Holy Spirit, He produces joy. So you could say, He deposits joy into our lives, but we've got to develop that joy. So He deposits it, we've got to develop that, all right? Now, there's a big difference between discovering joy... (laughs) And developing the joy in our lives. Because you see, for a lot of people, they, they think they've got to discover joy. Because joy may be waiting for them in their next relationship. Or it may be waiting for them in their next next position, you know, the next job or in the next purchase. You know, when I get that, if only I can get that, then I'll have joy. And so they're constantly waiting for that. And they think, they, they, they think they, they're going to discover joy one day. No, 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 no. Joy is not discovered, it's deposited. The Holy Spirit deposits joy, and then we've got to develop it. You say, how? How do we develop it? Because He gives you a measure of joy. He makes a deposit in each one of our lives. He gives you a little bit of joy, and then He says, now, you develop it. How? In exactly the same way as we develop faith. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it's hearing God's word. When we hear this, it builds faith. When we read this, when we see this, it builds faith. What about joy? Exactly the same. Let me show you. John 15, we've just looked at that scripture. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. He says, I've spoken to you. And so when you and I open God's word, it builds our joy. This is how we develop our joy. So let me make it practical. Let's say we're going through a, a, a difficult time and it's weighing heavy on our hearts and, and we, we, we're not sure. And <laughs> We get into our, our Bible first thing in the morning. And I spend some time in the Word and I read what God has to say. I allow Him to speak to me. And then I read promises and it's like, wow, what happens in that moment? Man, your joy starts growing on the inside. Your faith starts growing. Listen, friends, you stay in the Word, joy will stay in you. You stay in the word, joy will stay in you. What happens when you listen to the devil? Let let, let me give you the opposite of staying in the word. You can either listen to the word or you can listen to the devil. So, what happens when we listen to the devil? Does it increase our joy or decrease our joy? Because the devil would say things like, What if you get the virus? What if this? What if that? What happens? Does, does it increase your joy? Not a chance. You lose your joy right there. But what happens when you get into the word and you start looking at what the word says? And the word says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. <laughs> Though a thousand may fall on my side and 10,000 are dying around me. What is it saying? These evils will not touch you. So in other words, it's happening around me, and I'm reading about it in the news, and I'm seeing all this stuff, but God says these evils will not touch you. And what happens the moment you read that and you get into God's Word? Oh, man, I don't know about you, but I just have joy. I have a sense of peace and calm, and I'm more worried and more stressed out. No, 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 no. If I listen to the devil, I'm more worried. But I listen to God, man, I have peace. And I just have a sense of joy on the inside. Now, if, if my joy is developed through spending time here in the Word and focusing on God, then I can tell you how it's not developed by walking around saying, what if? What if I get this virus? And what if this happens? And what if the economy? And what if my business? And what if, what if? Listen, listen, friends, please hear me now. There is nothing that destroys our joy more than what if. I think some people would love the lives they're living, they would love the lives they're currently living. If they had to stop saying, what if? So let's wrap it up this morning. We're dealing with stress and worry. How do we deal with that? What's the opposite of that? Oh, man, just God's peace. Where there's peace. And so Paul says to us, he says, you want to have this peace? He says, if you'll do these things. And he gives us five things. He gives us a recipe. He gives us five ingredients. He says, You do these things, I'm telling you, you'll have a peace that surpasses understanding. And everybody else is freaking out. And everybody is worrying and tense and worked up. You've got peace on the inside. Rejoice in the Lord, not your circumstances, not your feelings. Keep your eyes on Him. You see, our joy isn't based in the event. Our joy is based in the outcome of the event. And He's promised the outcome will be good. I'm going to cause good. Don't worry about what you see. Don't worry about a thousand dying on your left and 10 do Don't worry about that. He says, I'm, I've got you in the palm of my hands. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? I want us to bow, and let's pray together right there. Were you watching? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this recipe that we have in Scripture. And so for the next week, Lord, we're not going to focus on the other, other four things. We're going to focus on this one thing, joy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, precious Holy Spirit. That you've already deposited some joy, a measure of joy in each one of our hearts. And now it's up to us to develop that. And so we're going to get into the Word this week. Lord, we, you want to speak to us and you're going to speak to us. And so we're just looking forward to spending time in your Word as you just fuel, build, develop that joy on the inside. Amen. Bless you. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.